I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. So your action is to pick up the halfling and throw them into the ditch. So everyone is prone, but Kraloth. If you want to kill the serpent, you have to cut off the head. How, though? That thing's pretty. Can I have it? Oh, mushrooms are good protein. Oh, you silly little goose. We're going to run into situations like this again, and it's heartbreaking. I don't think you understand how much this means to me. No! Shame, 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 shame. It's part of my set, but I can't be with you anymore.
Welcome back to Dice Shame, episode 24, Solid as a Rock. MVP this week is Tony Sarachia, a new member of the Dice Shame Facebook group. Welcome, Tony. While you're enjoying all the shameful dice, you should check out our friends, a group of truly terrible warriors. The Terrible Warriors are celebrating the launch of their seventh season, and there's never been a better time to become a Terrible Warrior. With a new focus on indie RPGs, they're starting the season off with a campaign of the Spire, a game with revolutionary drow resisting against the high elves that occupy their tower city of Spire. GM Justin leads a rotating cast of spies, saboteurs, revolutionaries, and resistors who also happen to be good friends of ours. Check out the all-new Terrible Warriors today. No kidding. They're amazing. Okay, enough chat. Let's play some D&D. Let's do it. It's episode 24. Hello. Oh, yeah. Hi, gentlemen. Happy 24, Canada. There you are. I don't know. 24 on 24? 24 beers. We oh. are drinking some beverages, actually. Tis. Justin just took a sip of an IPA oh, called Mindflay from Mind Chronicle Flay. Brewing. Oh, Chronicle. Hey. I'm drinking an Ales from the Crypt from them. What's Chronicle Brewing? Friends of the show, yeah. a brewery out in Bowmanville, uh, which is near us. Ontario, Canada. Yes, Ontario, Canada. Yeah. Not, P.O. Box. Not Bowmanville, Iowa. No, definitely not. I wonder if everyone knows that we're Canadian just from our... Yes. Accents? I've had oh a few my people God. comment and be like, oh my God. I knew you were Canadian from the first... I mean, Alex sounds very Canadian to me, but I don't... Why, what do you mean? I don't know what you mean. <laughs> what? How is that more Canadian? <laughs> that was like... It reminds me of the... Our German friend Alex, who I always remember this, yeah. I said, What do Canadians sound like to you? Because I mean, we know what German people sound like to us. He's like, I don't know. You sound like a Canadian. <laughs> now, listen, Harry, we don't sound Canadian. And if you take that Canuck attitude around here, we're going to kick you out of here. Back to Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. Hey, that's where I grew up. I know. All right. Speaking of chronicles, oh. we've got a story to tell. Chronicles Ooh. of bullshit. Yeah. Okay. Chronicles of bullshit. <laughs> no, it's it's the chronicles. Well, you know, they're being written currently by oh. our resident bard, ah, the halfling Orin, who is busy plucking the strings of his mandolin. Chronicles. Chronicles. The chronicles. You, you think you can come up with another word for this song? Maybe I'll use... Stories. No. Chronicles has a much better ring. Are you making fun of me? <laughs> I feel like you're making fun of me. Chronicles rhymes with barnacles. Ooh. I took a ship over here with barnacles on the bottom. So we left the excavation site on Marpanoth the Eight. With a very dark cloud hanging above the party. This is the most emotional the party has been yet. Yeah. Did you stay in Amphail? You would have arrived there when you were heading back out on the road. Maybe no, in the I, late afternoon. I think if we left in the morning, we would probably just head yeah. straight yeah, to the Yeah, we'd, we'd pass through. Yeah, yeah. We'd maybe stop at a... Tim Hortons. <laughs> Tim Hortons. I mean, I need my Timmy's if we're going like north. Fucking eh? fifty right. kilometers. Yeah. I mean, with the tiny hut, sleeping outside, even if it's cold or stormy or windy or whatever, not not the worst thing. So as long as we can keep moving forward, yeah. true um, say. Yeah, I think we'd head north towards uh, Crip Garden Forest. It is quite the journey. It's about five days total. So. You're due to hit Crypt Garden on the 13th of Marpanoth. On the way, two important and notable things happen. 
You travel through Amphail on your way, sleep out on the road, and then another day of travel passes uneventfully. However, on the 10th of Marpanoth, you are traveling in the late morning on the long road. You've already passed the Westwood, left it in your dust, and you know that you'll be coming upon a town by the name of Red Larch by the evening. But you come upon two shepherds. They're running along a worn footpath toward the road, and they're guiding a large flock of sheep. They seem to be exhausted. As you watch, one stumbles and falls, and his companion stoops to grab his arm and steady him. Then they keep running. When they see you, they start waving their arms and shouting, but you're too far to hear them. Hey, they've got sheep. Can I roll perception? Astute observation, Doran. Yes, you can roll perception. <laughs> that's, that's the thing that we should be interested Look in. Look there, Not sheep. Their well, me why, why are they running? I only got 10. They're running. We yeah. keep riding in their yeah, direction. Let's, let's ride. Now, if they're I'm trying gonna... to wave us down, so clearly we want to. Yeah. They want to talk to us. Let's... I will ride with vigor. Mm. The wind and Kraloth. <laughs> vigor and Kraloth. Yeah. <laughs> you ride toward the pair of shepherds leading their sheep, and as you approach them, you realize this is probably a mother and her teenage son. They look similar in terms of coloring and height, and she waves at you, help, help us, please. Yeah, we ride over as quick as possible. What do you need? What's wrong? Our home is just back there. We, there were giants. I'm sorry. We've been running half the morning, it feels like, to get away. Our, our homestead is half a day's travel back into the woods. We were, we were out pasturing our sheep we heard crashing in the forest and three hill giants fell upon us and our flock we managed to escape with about half of the herd but they were scooping up sheep and putting them in bags oh my god can i roll insight on her sure just because in case you think she's lying or something 24 she is not lying good <laughs> just uh these woods to the west here that's right what did the giants look like they were big very f- fat, I guess. Um, smelly. Okay. That All sounds right. like hill giants. <laughs> Let's go take a look. Yeah. Well, well why, don't you, why don't you get your flock out of here? Go get south. Get out of here. Get to Amphail. You'll have safety there. There are guards there. Red Larch is much closer. We'll probably go that direction. Go to Red Larch instead. That's, That's a much better idea. Good thinking, Kraloff. You, well. Good job, Kraloff. Yes, thank you. It's... <sighs> Are you travelers or? We're giant slayers. Oh, he is. I, I just hang out with him. That's so kismet. It's very. No, we don't talk about kissing in this party. <laughs> <laughs> I create an illusionary map of the area. Can you can you show us where your farm is? Yes. Oh, this is so cool. Focus on the, what's happening Almost now. This makes me forget about that terrible tragedy that I was. Um. Yes. It's it's right here. And she stabs a very decided finger down at the map. Adjacent to the path, like she said, about half a day's travel. Is there anybody else at the farm? Any other family members? It's just the two of us. Are there only sheep there? I mean, 
there i have our sheep with us there's like 40 sheep like meh are there any other nearby meh. farms to you is that what they do no we have no neighbors <laughs> well take yourselves to redlash and and we'll take a look thank you there's three of them you said that's all we saw yes understood huh. i turned to jack uh perhaps you should send uh kieran on a flight to at least just to notify the the guards of Waterdeep. Not that they should come running, but to be aware. Assuming this conversation's happening a little ways away from them. Yeah, like I'm least, assuming all the sheep yeah. pass. Yeah, they're like, yeah. you know, yeah. 15 minutes of sheep passing. I think we're all They'll be in Red Larch same. well before Kieran could get to Waterdeep. If there's any help, it's coming from there. I mean, it's it's worth noting on our map of giant attacks, there's three giants here on this, this farm on this day. Yeah. I don't you know, if we're riding in that direction, we might just want to see if they're still there or which direction they were headed to see if we can sort of help narrow in where the center of them is. But what do we want to do about the giants in the meantime? I don't know. Do we face them? <sighs> Personally, Listen, I would say probably not. As much as uh, I was toting being giant slayers, yeah. um, we faced those giants back in golden fields with an entire team. That's yes. right. We are just the four of us now. We had... And that was only two giants. And that was two giants. We're talking about three now. That's right. Not to mention, there doesn't seem to be anything at stake. The farm is empty, for the sheep are mostly gone, and there's no farms nearby. Right. We know that there's giants all around the Desert Valley. We're going to run into situations like this again, and it's heartbreaking to see that family lost almost everything. At least they've got half their flock of sheep. Yes. That's right. They're luckier but than to, most. But like the captain was saying in Waterdeep, if there's a hive... If there's, we should have asked if they were all men that they saw or if there was a woman. Uh, well, you sent the shepherds north on the road that you're traveling. You we are also traveling north. Oh, okay, if you so, so, plan to go up the road, you're going to encounter Oh, perfect. Them again. So then we can drop a letter in the mail at Red Larch and we can ask them, you know, be, because we're, we're really trying to find where is this hive, for lack of a better word? Where Where is it? So on the ride north to Red Larch following, maybe, maybe we end up escorting these two. I was going to say, like, you sent them north to Red Larch, and you're like, we're giant killers. We'll take care of it. And then 20 minutes later, you guys ride up behind them like, uh, hey. On second thought. <laughs> no, we're going to kill those giants, but we got to go to Red Larch first. Yeah, get some so. Giant red. killing supplies. <laughs> some giant raid. No, I, I, I think we're hive. doing the right thing. I think ultimately we're, we're going to have to make decisions as we move through this That's valley, right. That's about right. what is worth fighting for. And That's if right. there were lives at stake, then yes, I think that is a decision that we need to say, this is worth dying for. But frankly, an empty farm, I don't think it's worth dying for. I agree. And that's what we should tell them too. I'm sorry, but at this time, we're looking to fix the whole problem, not just the smaller Issue of three we giants. Want to heal the soul, not patch the wounds. Why don't That's we right. just tell them we want them to arrive at Red Larch safely, and we are going to escort them there? That too. That's real. And and the advice that I'm going to give, especially for hill giants, is that if you see a hill giant again, sacrifice five of your sheep, and you know, send the sheep towards the giants, and you take off. <laughs> I mean, that is true as well. It will distract them, right? It's true. It's true. They, I mean, they're it's a good gluttonous. Point. So you ride up on this family, escorting their sheep to Red Bravely ride away, they do. Oh, hello. Brave dice shame party. You know, we, we, You're back. No, unfortunately, we just, we're not ready at this time to take on those 
giants. And while we are giant killers or giant slayers, we're planning on taking on the nest. So we're so sorry about your farm, but oh, we want to take you to Red Lodge. I'll just put these magic items back in my... No, 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 we'll take those from... Just kidding. Oh, you silly little goose. Like I always say, if you want to kill the serpent, you have to cut off the head. Now come on! Say, um, did those giants... Doran rides away by himself. (laughs) On shit part, I picture him, like, battling it, bouncing back. One fine Doran rides away. (laughs) Did, um, uh... Did the uh, giants, were they all males? Did you notice that they had giant penises swinging? Uh, um, <laughs> swinging. They, or they little seemed, penises? They seemed to be men, yes. I mean, m- male, not men, certainly. Cowards. Yes. Mm, thank you. That, 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 that's Sheep ears. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I know that you've been through something very scary, um, but you got out of this lucky. You have each other. You've got half your flock. You can sell some of the flock. You can make a little bit of income in Red Larch, and it's going to be fine. Thank These you. sort of happenings are happening all over the valley. What? <laughs> Everything's fine. Giants are everywhere. <laughs> so you escort these fine folk up the road to Red Larch, where you arrive in the evening times. Why is it called Red Larch? It is named for a distinctive stand of Red Larch trees that were cut down when the village was founded. Now you know. Wow. The the shepherd tells you this. Oh, I see. Obviously. Don't you know anything? Well, we're just Should looking you? for a place to lay our heads for the night. We're going to head north. Do you know of any inns? Um, yeah, there's a... Oh, let me guess. The Red Larch Inn. There is an inn called the Swinging Sword. It is a three-story stone inn with a high-pitched roof. There's also a tavern. Ramshackle yet lively. Which would you prefer? Let's just stay at the Swinging Sword Inn and, and move on in the morning. Yes. Sure. Quite frankly, um, I don't feel like having drinks. Having a dry place inside for an evening, Jack might want to examine that bag of dust he was given a little Ooh. while ago. Just now that there's no, like now that he's got some moments, he can he can put any stuff aside and just focus cool. on something technical. I feel Let's- like there's this wonderful tension too between Jack and Red and like, you know, everything is kind of the same except any time that Kraloth and, and Doran leave the room and Jack and Red are there for an instant, it's just like quiet and they both leave. Like there's this really palpable tension that only exists when it's the two of them. I love that. Yeah. Tell me also about sleeping arrangements. Do you guys insist on sleeping in different rooms now that you have the option to? I don't know that we ever slept in the same room. Well, I mean, in Liaman's tiny hut, you are certainly in close quarters. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. In my mind, in this situation, because you're opening the bag of magic powder, I'm picturing us all like almost in a slumber party. Bunk beds. Aww. Well, you know, there's so a lot maybe, of taverns that have hostile floors, like on the right. top. Red and Orin, for sure, would be happy with taking the top floor like that communal hostile space with anybody else who'd be welcomed. Orin? Right. Absolutely. Jack's not going to make a big deal about it or try and be separate. Everybody's like, yeah, we're all up in the hostel. That's great. He's going to go there. He's not cool. He's not making any big fuss about You're it. You're not like I feel- pulling out your noble money and making sure that you get your own room? No. I feel like at this moment in time, there's so much looming overhead with giants that we've just passed that we're trying to make it somewhere that we're less, it, we're, we're more in a hurry to get there. Yeah. And less about... Oh, let's enjoy this tan and a few drinks and the laughs like we were doing in Waterdeep. Well, not only that, I think the emotional impact, too, is pushing us a little bit. We're, like, trying to move far away from that excavation site as well because it kind of – 
everyone's just trying to move forward. Like there's a bit of a pull yeah. and a push. That's yeah, like, let's yeah, just keep yeah, going. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, yeah. Kraloth as well. Like that's where he saw the that's right. apparition last. I mean, he's still kind of shaken. Red throughout this time would be trying to get to know Oren because I'm very interested in him. Right. But additionally, and this is something I would be very interested in talking to at night. You know, I, I would love to crawl over to Kraloth's bunk and just make sure he's okay and be like, have you seen any other creatures or mm. visions? I haven't, but I feel like, I mean, I've, I've had some time to think about this and uh, I think it's something that I need to be seeing. Uh, I haven't had too much time to pray to Kelimvor over the past couple of days, but this is something that's important for me. This isn't just, you know, a flash in the pan, so to speak, cooking terms. <laughs> this is a... Hashtag food. <laughs> hashtag this is a significant event in my journey and i think it might help me put together the pieces of the blank spots i've got look buddy i'm here for you if you need me at any time you just let me know okay and here i want you to have this and i pull out the wheat stock carving that i took from z's <laughs> room i was wondering when that was gonna come it's back something up. that's like just kind of been a nice warm reminder of like of like something warm to hold on to whether it be me or anything and i look at it what does it look like it's a wooden carving of a sheaf of wheat that's a holy symbol of shantae z made it herself wow red yeah i don't think you understand how much this means to me I think Kraloth would probably put it down next to his lantern and his holy symbol. And Oh, man. You know. When Jack sees that, does he flinch? If he looked over and saw it, or if Kraloth was like, ah, oh, this is really lovely, I'm going to set it here out in the open, because like, Jack would just look at it and grimace, because it's remembering another instance where Red walked into someone's life, was like, that thing's pretty, can I have it? And didn't think about how that would make Z feel and whether she felt obligated because she was now giving us this great gift and now we're going to ask for other things. Like, it's just, Jack's got that framed in his mind as another place where Red, like, pushed on a button and didn't think about how the other person would feel. And it just makes him, like, grimace and think about that moment. So, how do you, I mean, I'm picturing Jack experimenting with this Yeah, he's been, he's been, it's taken a couple of days, so he's been looking for, like, Collecting rainwater, knowing that it would be a a very neutral substance. Going to find um, vinegar and knowing that that's a fairly acidic substance. Going to find soda ash somewhere, knowing that like finding different little reagents, he can he can do the different tests on this magic powder to try and figure out, try and rule out which ones he think it thinks it is, which ones it isn't. Knowing that if he burns it, does it turn a particular color? That might explain something. Just a, a little pinch of it here, trying to discern down mm-hmm. the little things he knows about this powder to to get it into like a concrete understanding of what it is. As you experiment with this dust, you accidentally sprinkle a little bit on your hand. Okay. And you begin to levitate. Oh. Fairy dust. Gain a flying speed for 10 minutes. Cool. Ooh. So that's kind of awesome. And you now recognize this to be pixie dust. Oh, that's mm. what I meant. What so, did I say? Tinkerbell dust? Fairy, 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 fairy dust. dust. Fairy dust? Pixie dust. What do you think this is? This is serious. Pixie Pixie dust. dust. Come on. Jack, now that you recognize that this is pixie dust, you you know everything about pixie dust. You're well-versed in what this is, though you've never held any or had any to play with. 
Um, you know that one pinch of pixie dust can substitute for the material components of any enchantment spell of third level or lower. And that if you sprinkle a pinch of pixie dust on a creature, a magical effect will happen based on what I roll on a D100, which I just rolled and you flew. Uh, interesting. So it's not just a matter of thinking of a wonderful thing. Correct. And think of a wonderful thought. How, how much pixie dust is it? <laughs> you have nine thing. pinches left. Jack, knowing that there's a limited time where he's going to have this effect on him, as soon as he like put, spills it on his hand, thinks, fuck, I just wasted some of this. Feels the effects, he cinches it up and goes to step outside to fly. Cool. I mean, Kieran flies too. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There's there's an immediate like, hey, Kieran, let's check this out. And and there's an almost joyous moment of him imagining to get away from it all and to finally, with his own eyes, look out and see the giant map that is the world before him. To see this projection he's only ever like experienced through Kieran's eyes and and translated onto this like magical illusion. Now he's just enjoying seeing it all for himself. Seeing this. This, this great big map of the realms and looking off to see the mountains on one side and the great forests over that way and, and just as far as his eyes can see as the light is, is dimming and dimming and lowering the, you know, the distance he can see until he, at the end of the 10 minutes he might settle down on top of the tower. While he's up there, what does he say to Kieran? I think it's just, it's just like a joyous laughter. There's, there's, there aren't words to express this thing. It's, it's making real this, this thing he has a real passion for. It's, it's it's his 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 mind is caught up with like putting names to all the roads he can see and drawing borders to all the places he can draw borders and naming all the little towns he can see and and the farmstead and and just like it's that laughter of, as like new connections and new ideas are made and new new per, he gains a new perspective on on what he's looking at. I think it makes Kieran very happy to mm-hmm. be up here with you. You're their favorite person, you know. You're constant companion and they're like look at this cloud stuff like see see how this feels she does like a a crazy loop-de-loop yeah you know they're they're like showing you this aerial fun that you can have and i think there's a, a lovely dive down at the last moment to land on the roof as the as the last of the pixie dust wears off and then realize i don't know how to climb how the hell am I getting oh, down no, from here? Oh no, you're stuck up on the roof. Definitely up there for a little while. It's a it's a three story building. Yep. Yeah. He's he's uh, it goes from like dusk to dark. <laughs> he's just up on the roof. Doran's lying in bed, right? And he's starting to doze off, and he sees Jack get up and leave. He doesn't really pay much attention to it. And I, I picture Doran is sleeping on the bottom bunk, close to the window, and he's you know as his eyes are kind of blinking shut he sees jack fly by the window and he's like uh oh that's that's fucked up i swear i just saw jack fly by go to sleep doran no i yeah i must be sleep. no i saw jack and then a moment later you hear like uh um help jack, jack's just appreciating the moment but he's like kieran can you go see if anybody's awake i could totally picture that yeah um yeah that's a good idea so kieran comes down right? yeah so kieran can make Rat, their tat, way- tat on the window yeah but like the door's closed right right yeah if, if there were if there was that window that that you, doran saw mm-hmm. jack through i think he might try and land on the windowsill so there and the tressum lands on the windowsill and meow meow uh uh he get Dorian gets up out of bed. Somebody let the fucking cat in. And he pushes the door open or the window open. The cool night air comes in. Where's Jack? 
Kieran starts in 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 their paw on the ground starts to draw letters in giant. Oh, to try and like spell out on the I, roof. I I um I can't read runes. Um, red, you can speak giant. Come read. Come read this. Oh, wake up. Wake up. What? What? So I. Where I don't know where Jack is in, and the cat's here drawing fucking runes. I can't even read this shit. What is it, boy? Is he in trouble? And I like walk over and I read the runes, and it says on the roof. It says on the roof. I told you I saw him flying. Kraloth, wake up! I slap Kraloth's foot. Kraloth, ah, uh, he's asleep. Just go up, boy. Get him, Red. What do you mean I get him? Yeah, go, go get Jack. Why is he on the roof? Well, I don't know. I lean out the window. Are you up there? Yeah. And I climb out. What the hell's he doing on the roof? I don't know. And I climb out on the roof. And I like reach back in just my pond. I'm like, give me a rope. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll find a rope. Uh, have, like, give, me, give me a second. Hemp and, hemp and rope in the- yeah, I do. have like rope up the so, wall. Too. Yeah, I grab your rope. Uh, here, here, here. And I hand him the rope. And I climb up to the, the roof. What are you doing up here? Zephyros uh, was, it's a bag of pixie dust. Um, one of the things that can do is make you fly sometimes. Well, I hope you had fun. And I toss the rope and I go to climb back down. I lean out and shut the window. Dine! Open the window! It's like tight. And I latch it. And I just point my finger at Red. What? And I kind of give a stern father-like look. And then point up to the roof. And then go back to sleep and I blow out the light. (laughs) Jack, Dorian's not letting me back in. Maybe he wants us to talk. Huh. Well, uh, it's quite a view from up here, huh? Yes, it is. It's quite nice. I imagine this is what Kieran sees all the time. Yeah, it's kind of kind of wonderful to see a new perspective. Uh, you don't get enough opportunities to do that sometimes. Um, hey, it's been kind of weird between us the last couple of days. You're telling me. Feels like there's been a bit of tension in the air since you know. You yelled at me and hurt my feelings. Yeah, I um, had a lot of feelings myself. I didn't mean to sort of spill that all onto you. Um, it's been it's been a, a lot of hard choices, you know. Lots of change going on, and uh, trying to trying to let life orient in a new direction sometimes. And I, I um, thank you for picking up that that present from from Torin. I, I read the note. I know it's in there. Oh, Jack, of course. And Red walks over and like sits down next to you. Look, I, I, I understand that I'm not always the most understanding of things, and I recognize that sometimes I mess up and I say the wrong thing, but I, I really meant it when I wanted to be your friend, and I, I really didn't mean anything by saying something stupid at Torin, and, and I know I put my foot in it sometimes, but I think that's part of my charm, frankly. And I, I just want what's best for you. And I and I really hope that... I hope that when this is all over, you do get back to the city. And I do hope you get to spend time with Torin. And I, and more than that, I hope that you and I can be friends. Proper friends. Not just people who got lumped in together on an adventure because fate deemed it so. But but people that can share and, and become close. I, I want that too. I, I mean... It, you know, we are, for better or worse, we've got a, a, a whole hell of an adventure 
in front of us and there's no way we're getting out the other side if we're not if we're not on the same team and I don't think I've ever it's not so black and white that I ever considered you not my friend I mean ever since we we uh you know started working together on that first dig we've been you know you've been you've been you're you're very charming but there's also you know sometimes you say things and don't realize that they hurt or that they impact other people. And I sometimes watch it happen. Sometimes it's happening to me and I don't know how to talk to you about those things. Well, I don't either. All I can say is that I'll try my best, at least around you to, to say things that, that I try not to hurt you. And, 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 and for your, for your side of things, Jack, you can be pretty, cut and dry about things, you know, that Asmodeus people, they seem nice enough, and, and you know, thinking that I was going to pray to an evil cultist on Zephyros's clatter, I feel like sometimes you think the worst of me, and it makes me, it makes me feel like you're forcing me into a box, and I don't want either of us to be in boxes. I want both of us to be in the same friendship box of friends, like that beautiful chest where we got magic items in. Did have a comfy cushion in there. A very comfy cushion. And in the spirit of that, I'll tell you exactly what I remember from my dream. Red closes his eyes for a moment and takes like a deep breath. I and I want to say this, Jack. He like stops like mid breath as Jack's like I can see his like eyes lighting. You and I are just different people. I'm just as excited about this as you are, and I want to work together on figuring where this place might be. I might have dismissed it, but trust me, I've been thinking about it a lot. I remember craggy purple rocks. There was a coast. It was a shattered jewel of a coast. There were scrubby trees, and I saw three dozen humans walk down a path to the sea. They had bronze skin. Then three of them stepped forward. It was, it was two men and a, a woman, and they each, they each threw a child into the water. Two of the children were young, and one was about four, all pale-faced. And then I remember there was a man walking the path, and it looked like he had gills, deep cuts in the side of his neck. And Red opens his eyes. Look, I know this stuff matters to you, and it, it matters to me too. And I hope that this can be a, a new leaf. And I promise I will not try to kiss you. Is it all right if I ask a couple of questions about that? Sure. Oh, no. I, I think I think Jack's asking Red if it's all right to ask him a few questions. Just, oh, to, just to like, how <laughs> dare you? It, like, yes, of course. <laughs> My mistake. <laughs> That's kind of funny though. But I, I and I think Jack is then going to start to try and go for like the little details that might narrow it down geographically. Like, what color were the rocks? Did they look like they were in big chips or were they stones or anything that to try and like get a type of place? What. What time of year did it look like? What time of day was it? Where was the sun in the sky for that time of day? Just anything that could place it in a time and space and hemisphere and, and all that kind of stuff. You know, I've thought a lot about that dream since waking up. To be honest, I feel like it's lingered on my mind, just like that scent of salt lingered on my hand. And the truth is, I, I really don't remember all that much other than, other than what I've told you. I want to remember more, and I promise you I, I will tell you more if I can think of it, but look, I'm no idiot. I know that these giants have chosen us to reorder us, or order the uh, 
I'm no idiot. <laughs> Can we hug? Yeah, let's do that. Jack puts his arm around Red and holds him close. And I can picture them looking out as the moon is sort of rising up above above Red Larch and, and just cresting the mountains that are, you know, past the Crypt Garden that are sort of way out that way that we can see on the horizon as it comes across and, and gives him a big sort of side hug. Um, that's, that's you know, very, very friendly and, and long and just sort of as they're sitting on the roof staring out. Doran opens the window and at that very moment yells, I hope you guys aren't kissing up there. <laughs> No, we're not, but we made up as friends. Let's go oh, back God. inside. Jack rolls his eyes at Doran and then, like, carefully climbs the rope down. Yeah. I feel like we'd go back in. Uh, we'd, like, figure a way yeah. to get in that window, probably. Yeah. All the while, Kralot's sleeping. To bed, to bed. The party is better than ever, I would Aww. say. Dang so right. I'm happy you guys made Gosh. up. Me too. Do you have inspiration, Harley Bear? No, I don't. I would like to give you inspiration for oh. making up with Jack. Thank you. Doran, let's get in a fight and make up. Yeah. So you depart for the Crypt Garden Forest on the 11 of Marpanoth. You're not expecting to come upon any civilization between here and there. You're heading north on the long road. You travel for a long day. This is getting tiring for you. I'm not sure if you're used to spending a lot of time over land, but, you know, it's exhausting and you sleep on the road. But our spirits are so much better now that me and Jack are friends again. And I let everyone know loudly. Jack and I are friends again, everyone. Mm, yes, yes, For how yes. how long? <laughs> like a good 20 minutes outside of town. Good. And then maybe like again before we camp. Good. My friend Jack and I will make sure the camp's clean. Or some, just some silly I was just with, if that's how long you're letting people know or how long we're friends. <laughs> oh, no, we're friends forever now. You, you've let red into your it's heart. For I'm not sure. letting go. You know, I thought riding on a horse is going to be shitty, but I am enjoying sitting on this horse instead of walking. So I take it back. I like you, shit fart. Hey. You know, technically, shit fart is a pony. Well, they're in the same family, right? It's sort of like how dwarves and humans are in the same family. Yeah. yeah. Dwarves and goblins, too, I guess, sometimes. Maybe, if it works. Um, Kraloth and Red give each other another nervous look. As we're camping that night, yes. um, we're, you know, so we were kind of, what, two days away from Crypt Garden, I guess? You expect to be there not tomorrow, but the next day. So, yeah, we're kind of getting ready for the night, and Kraloth's making his famous stew as I'm gathering mushrooms nearby. That's right. Mm. More worm stew, eh? No, we're, we're going to leave out the worms this time, oh. Doran. Yeah, we're, we're going to stick to mushrooms. They're such good... Pro- oh, mushrooms are good protein. Mushrooms are great protein. Oh, and so yeah. is rabbit. Rabbit stew. Oh, and do. Uh, yeah. So this dragon, uh, yeah. Red says as he comes back in holding a bunch of mushrooms. Any thoughts? Well, I think... I mean... I've been told tales of dragons, and that's as far as my my knowledge goes, is sitting around a campfire, people telling tales. But one thing that seems to ring true for all dragons is that they all want something. Yeah. So what are we going to give it? Gold or babies. That's that's all the dragons wanted in the Grey Mountains when I was living there. I didn't bring any babies. Did you <laughs> have any babies in the bag of holding? I, my point is... That I I don't I don't trust dragons and and I'm not looking forward to this, but I just know that that's there's often one thing that drives them and that's gold. 
Well, we don't have all that much gold. We're about 1,200 pieces. But, unfortunately, I think the most valuable thing we have right now might be that magic powder. I have a, an array of odd trinkets. Um, a half skull of a human, a dwarven beard necklace. What? A of a cloud giant. Sorry. And, and a piece of cloud. I don't think they value that all that much. Where did you get a dwarven beard necklace from? What do we What do we hope to learn? You mean what kind of questions would we ask? I mean, that's that's what our friend in the tower said, is that this was a scrying dragon. I suppose one of the big questions I, I am curious about is, what does reshaping the ordning actually involve? Like, what does that actually mean? Who knows what kind of questions we'll even get to ask. Maybe we'll get to ask something existential, like why is this happening, or, or how do you recreate an ordning or maybe it's only going to tell us things like where in the world things are and well you know maybe then we should make this a, a fine point where do we go why are we doing it i like that general back and forth what do you say jack i mean it, it makes sense let's we got a couple of days to to ride and brainstorm some more things let's pitch some ideas around and and i'll keep a list well, maybe we won't even get to ask a question maybe the dragon will show up and eat us oh. well let's keep riding and see what we come across you guys sleep another night on the road, and Marpinoth twelve dawns, drizzly and cold. My favorite weather. Shitfart says it's his favorite weather too. Yeah. You ride for about the majority of the day, until you pass by a low-lying swampy area. Mm. You catch sight of massive shapes moving quietly in the trees. Can I roll perception? You certainly can. Twenty-four. You spot some giants. Can I discern what type? Hill, fire? These are not types that you have seen before. Interesting. They are taller than hill giants. They have mottled gray skin. What do you do? Like, are we talking miles? We're talking like 100 feet away from you. Oh, wow. You are passing by a low-lying swampy area, so the road is probably raised up out of the swamp. And off to the left of the road, about 100 feet away from you, Red, you see massive shapes moving quietly in the trees. I quickly make the signal for everyone to crouch. And as you do, a boulder sails through the air and crashes to the ground at your feet, missing you by inches. Everyone roll for initiative. I got a whopping zero for initiative. Is that a one? Natural one. Oh, for shame. Shame. I was really worried you weren't going to shame a day, but oh, shame. It's part of my set, but I can't be with you anymore. All right, Kralot's got zero. What about Jack? Oof, 15. All right. Doran? 20. Red? 16. Cool. So there are these large shapes moving in the trees. Red identifies them as stone giants, likely. Tells you all to crouch down as you're on this raised road out of the low-lying swamplands. And as he does, a boulder crashes at your feet. Doran, it's your turn. Doran grabs... Oren and launches him at the no. <laughs> Doran grabs Oren and throws him at the back, maybe on the other side of the dish, not really caring if he falls into the water. So your action is to pick up the halfling and throw them into the ditch. Out of harm's way. Okay. I can't really do much at this point. Well, they didn't hit us. 
I don't know if that was purposeful or if that was just bad aim, but let's all be mindful of that. Actually, I'm going to roll insight. If that should have hit us with ease, 19. Um, You know that from this range, they are probably not going to be most proficient with rocks. Hmm. Um, well, it looks like from that distance, they may have been able to hit us or may not have it. It's, it's hard to say if their aim was necessarily, uh, accurate or if, it, if they just missed us. Uh, let's be weary because it doesn't look like we've ever faced something like this before. Your turn, Red. Um, you know, Red speaks giant. He, uh, has good persuasion. I think this is the best chance we're going to have to talk to them before the battle starts. So I'm going to jump on Doran's shoulders and I'm going to clear my throat. And in my loudest giant voice, I'm going to tell them that we are just passing through, that we mean them no harm. And please let us go on our way. Roll persuasion with disadvantage. 17. Really? I rolled 11 and 14. I have One of them <laughs> responds to you in a deep voice that sounds like a rock falling down the mountainside. And she says, Just kidding. <laughs> we will wipe your existence from this world. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, nice. I relay that to them. Is that my action? No, Can that's I- not an action. Look, they're planning on killing us. I think we should run. Unless there's an immediate consensus not to, I'm going to start moving. Anyone? I mean, I think there's a chance they might know something about where the hill giants are or something. We may be able to goad them into telling us information about their enemies. Yeah. And, or but I might... can do that with message from 120 feet away, which is my next thing is to try and like tell them they're weak and that the hill giant was going to be on top of them in the ordning and see where they want. Like I've... I have advantage on information. I've just talked to these things. Is there any way I can roll to see... What, like, are these things so much more powerful than us? Is there any sort of, you know, something along those lines? If you would like to perform your, like, class skill on top of speaking this turn. This would be my favorite enemy skill. Yes. I would call it an action, but you certainly can. I will do it purely because Doran hasn't moved. So he's stuck here anyway. And honestly, maybe I'm totally reading these things wrong. Maybe the stone giants aren't as bad as the hill giants. Maybe we can take them. To me, I sense a large number of them. I don't really want to tango, and they seem very hostile. Oof. Good Ooh. thing I rolled with advantage, because I rolled a natural one on Chester. Oh, Oof. Chester. Chester. But, but I rolled a 13 on my uh, other one. Okay, not bad. Sorry, 12. It's intelligence. Your eye catches on the stone that had been thrown at you lying in the middle of the road. There's a dwarven rune on it. Interesting. And from the verbiage that they used when they yelled back at you, it seems like they are intent on destroying something that's beyond your field of view right now. Maybe they're not yelling at us. It seems like they're intent on destroying something beyond my field of view. They said, we will wipe your existence from the face of the world, basically. Uh, Interesting. I am not smart enough to decipher what that could mean. As Harlan and Red. Jack, it's your turn. Um, so looking back at the horse in cover on the other side of the road somewhere and, uh, Jack's going to pull out a little piece of wire out of, out of his hand and, and point at the, at the closest big shape he can see out there and, and send a message into that one's brain in giant saying the hill giants rule the Deseran Valley from their fortress. You, they're going to kick you out of here soon. Anyways, you guys are weak. They're going to be on top of you in the ordning. Um, 
And she's got an, whoever it is has an option to respond if they like. Yeah, she's definitely going to respond to that. That's goading if I ever heard it. She's going to say to you in her most fearsome voice, she says, you know nothing of the All-Father. We will attain the top of the Ordning and you will die for it. But so I'm taking this turn because I can cast this spell through stones and rocks and things to get the fuck into cover. And on the far side of the road next to Amakir, ready to mount up and get the hell out as soon as I can. And, and I might like whisper to the other guys, they think they're in the process of wiping everything off the face of the earth. They're planning to be on top of the ordning. I'm hoping we can get some more information about what the hell that's going on. I feel like you just made them really angry and then ran away. Yeah. It's not not what happened. And it's the giants' turns. Of they course. got higher than zero. How though? <laughs> <laughs> Emerging from the waving trees of this swamp, four fearsome stone giants move forward forty feet toward you, leaving twenty feet between them and our heroes on the road. Twenty feet between us. Yes. I believe I said it was six, they're 60 feet away from you. And then they all try to murder you with boulders. Oh, fuck. They're hefting these large pieces of what look like masonry, some big gray stones, and they're throwing them at you. First one's going to aim at Kraloth. Go for... No, don't. 17 to hit. That is a miss. Wah. Next one aims at Doran. 26. Nope. <laughs> yes. God Oof. damn it. Wait, 26 hits you? It's not funny. Oh, shit. How could a flying boulder cause so much damage? <laughs> like, really? With dwarven masonry. It's, it's really well made. <laughs> you can tell the stonework that kills you. Is that Iron Fist masonry? <laughs> 23 bludgeoning damage. Ooh. Tis but a scratch. Doran, make a strength saving throw. So, Nine. You are knocked prone as the boulder clubs into you. So you fall down. One of them aims at red. Ooh, darling. 20. Yeah. Dirty. Thank God. 14 bludgeoning damage. Ouch. Red, make a saving throw. Natural one. Oh, my God. Um, Chester. What's, no. Chester, that's two in a row. Chester. I am shaming him. Oh, shame, Chester. Shame. Shame. Two in a row. Oh, my Red, God. Red, you are also knocked down. For fuck's sake. And one of them will try to aim at Jack, though I'm going to give you some cover, Jack. Yeah. So 25 to hit? A 25 hits Jack. 24 bludgeoning damage. Oh, yeah, and I take a nine on that strength save. You are knocked prone. Yeah. All right. So everyone is prone but Kraloth. Kraloth, it's your turn. <laughs> Holy fuck. Not looking good. No, they are. Now, can we run, not. please? May I remind you, standing up takes half of one move action. What would you like to do? First things first, I'm going to step over to Red. Mm-hmm. I'm going to kneel down and say, You still got that ring on, right? Yes. And I'm going to cast Warding Bond. Um, and. So you're going to get plus one to AC and saving throws, and you have resistance to all damage. Amazing. Thank wow. you. Wow. That's a cool spell. It's a cool spell, but I also take you the take damage. You take some of that damage? I take half the damage that he's supposed to take. That's oh. So it's still the same amount of damage, but it's right. split up. Thank you, buddy. You're going to be okay. Doran. You're not. Um, I'm here. I'm just lying down for a second. I'm just resting my bones. I'm going to begin... 
moving away. So I'm I'm not going to look up the fucking rules for mounted combat, but I'm going to call getting on your horse a movement action. Sure. And then you can use your horse's movement speed, which is 60 feet perfect. on your turn. Okay, perfect. On my turn? This is my turn. Yep. Okay, so I'm going to move 60 feet. And in the broken giant that I know from the seven days of, of I did teach you that learning. one sentence. You taught me that one sentence. Uh, what was that one sentence read? Your mother is rabbit jerky. And I'm going to uh, <laughs> try to draw them away from Doran and Jack. I'm just going to shout cool. that. I don't know if that's intimidation or anything like that, but uh, or persuasion. Yeah, let's call it intimidation. All right, green die. 11 to intimidate. Doran, what happens now? The four giants have laid you and your companions low. I, I, I don't know what the right answer is, but all I know is that a boulder landed here. I saw Red look at it in sort of a curious fashion. And lying prone, I would like to use my stone cunning to identify what the fuck these stones are. Very interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah, certainly. Whenever I make an intelligence history check related to stonework, I'm proficient in the history skill and double my proficiency bonus. Make such a check for me. So 16. Okay. As you are lying on the ground and looking at this curiously shaped stone directly in front of your face, you recognize a worn symbol, a seven-pointed star over a fish facing to the left. It occurs to you that these stones may be part of the ancient dwarven ruin of South Crypt. They're being thrown at you. Oh, they're ruins, I say to myself. And I stand up. Like, I don't know. Cool. Can I use my other half of my moon to get on my horse? Yeah. My pony. And that's what I'll do. And I get on my horse and I ride my pony. And I meet up with Kraloth. Um... 60 feet away. Come on, come on, let's go. Get out of here. Red, you're up. I'm going to stand up for half my movement. I'm going to climb on my horse and I'm going to ride 60 feet. Jack, it's your turn. Jack's going to be prudent and stand up, get on his horse and ride, uh, chasing after the. Okay, so you guys are all in agreement. Escape on horseback as quickly as possible is your priority. Yes. Okay, it's a giant's turns. Jack, you've just goaded one of the stone giants telepathically, and she's not ready to let that go too easily. She closes the distance between you as you trail behind your friends some 20 feet. Mm. Her heavy footfalls shake the ground, booming loudly in your ears. She reaches toward you through the rain and tries to grab you. Make a constitution saving throw. Ooh. Oh, no. 15. Kraloth, you look back through the rain at your friends riding up the road behind you. You see Doran on his pony and Red close behind. And behind Red, the stone giant stoops low and swipes at Jack, pulling him off of Anne McKeer's saddle. <gasps> Jack! The horse screams in fear and doubles her speed, her saddle empty, while the body of Jack is enclosed in the hands of the stone giant. <gasps> Jack. You are overcome with a terrible coldness as you lose sensation of your limbs. The paralysis crawls up your body, up your spine, and you lose consciousness, overcome by fear and pain. Oh, no. Are you freaking kidding me? No! 
Red, Doran, Kraloth, you watch helplessly as Jack changes color, rigid in the stone giant's hands. His flesh and clothes take a gray hue. The folds of his traveling cloak stop moving. She brings him up in front of her face and examines him for a minute, while the other three stone giants gather around her. And then she presses his still form to her left bicep. And when she removes her hand... Jack's petrified form is melded with her arm, his face, a rictus of fear and regret. I I think for the first time I'm speechless. Jack! I I, I can't talk right now. Follow us on Instagram, but do whatever. I don't care. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.